Welcome to the West Virginia Soccer Association Beyond the Pitch podcast here on the West Virginia Soccer Association Digital Network. My name is Marcus Cole. Now, before we begin today's show, I want to remind you that once you've had a chance to check out our program, make sure you give our podcast a five-star rating and follow us wherever you get your podcast. That helps you stay up to date on all the latest content from us, and it helps us get the word out to others and let them know that we're providing valuable information for soccer players, coaches, referees, and parents. On the phone with us today is Kennedy Haney. She is a registered dietitian nutritionist, and she is owner of Elevate Performance Nutrition. Kennedy, welcome to the program. Thanks so much for having me on, Marcus. I'm so excited to be here and talk to your following. So this is going to be a real good episode. Absolutely. I agree, because I think it's one thing that we don't talk enough about is nutrition for our youth soccer players. I think it's an overlooked area, and I always love an opportunity to talk to a registered dietitian nutritionist to talk Uh about these types of subjects. Now, on today's show, we're going to be going into depth on things, some different tips, some different ideas, some different topics that our youth athletes uh, can focus on in regards to their nutrition, some things maybe that they're not thinking about, maybe some things that they're not doing enough of, but we can go over those tips that you have for them. And also too, that we can incorporate our parents into that too, as well of helping these athletes with all their nutritional needs as they grow up into, uh, you know, from youth soccer players into maybe collegiate soccer players, high school soccer Mm -hmm. players, maybe even professional soccer players somewhere down the road. Now, before we jump into the program, Ken, why don't you go ahead and give us just a brief background about your experiences? Yeah, so I am from a very, very small town in central Minnesota. I actually did not grow up playing soccer. I grew up playing softball. So super, super fun. I went to a small Christian all-women's school for undergrad. I have my bachelor's of science in dietetics and human nutrition with a psychology minor. And the focus on that is the psychology of eating. And that was basically to gain a little bit more experience around eating disorders. Um, I knew that I really wanted to work with disordered eating and eating disorders, and this kind of led me to the pathway I'm at now. Um, After I finished undergrad, I went on and did my 1,200 hours of supervised practice, so I worked with a variety of different uh, collegiate and professional uh, sports dietitians, and then simultaneously to that, I was completing my master's degree at the Concordia University of Chicago. So my master's is actually in applied exercise science with a sports nutrition concentration. So lots of schooling. I will, I'm sure I'll have more, but that's kind of my education history. Wonderful. Now today, like I said, we have a number of tips, uh, six, seven tips that you've come up with to help our youth soccer players improve their nutritional performance. And like I always tell athletes all over, nutrition is one of those things, uh, control your controllables. So why don't you go ahead and give Mm -hmm. us our first tip that you have for our youth soccer players. Awesome. Yeah. So before I even start rolling into my tips, I just want to make everybody who's listening to this podcast aware, and I tell all my student athletes, 
you guys have such a luxury at your, on your hands because, you know, I graduated high school in 2015 and that was just five years ago and sports dietitians really weren't a thing and we weren't really aware of our sports nutrition. So the resources that you're following and your players have at their fingertips is really, really a luxury and it's, it's going to transform the way that high school, college and professional sports look. So pretty cool. But moving into my first tip, I just said show up to the field hydrated. So we know scientifically that hydration is the number one way to peak your performance, right? So what I mean by that is when we show up under hydrated, we immediately have significant impairments to our performance. So that looks like speed, strength, stamina, endurance, coordination, balance, hand-eye coordination, attention span, all sorts of different things. So when we show up to the field dehydrated or we haven't, you know, maybe we're at that tip, that tipping point where we're hydrated enough, but we get to that, you know, midway point and we're dehydrated, that's when we're going to kind of start to see our performance take a major hit. So hydration is one of the easiest, easiest things for us to control. So what I mean by that is you're going to look at a variety of different factors when you're thinking about your hydration status. So if you're in a tournament, you're going to hydrate a little bit differently than if it's a single game. Um, it's going to depend on the heat, the duration of your game or the duration of your practice or training session, what type of practice it is. So soccer players, I think you guys run like an average of seven miles a game. I believe that's what research shows. And you're, if you're a high sweater, you guys are sweating out some serious, serious fluid. So that can look like rehydrating with electrolytes too. And I would say at the halfway point of your guys' game, you really need to be sure that you're getting some electrolytes in. So that can look like Powerade, Gatorade. If you guys don't like the flavor of these products, so the sweetness behind Gatorade or Powerade, there's products like The Right Stuff or Drip Drop that are no flavor or minimal flavor, but they still provide a big, big punch of electrolytes for you guys. So an awesome resource and a good place to start. You know, and, and I think one thing that, uh, and we uh, we had a, a, a registered dietitian on a couple of weeks ago talking about specifically just hydration, and I think a lot of people don't really realize that not only can you get your hydration from water, or you can get it from sports mm-hmm. drinks with the electrolytes, you can also get that from food. Mm-hmm, absolutely. So, I mean, if you guys are somebody who are comfortable snacking on the bench, that looks like watermelon or really any kind of melon. Um, fresh fruit. So not only are you going to get a little bit of hydration from that, but you're also going to get some carbohydrates with some energy as you're snacking on the bench. So that's really a kind of a, you know, power punch right there. Awesome. What's your next tip for us? My next tip is to think ahead and have a plan made for your feeling. So what I mean by that is let's say we're going back to school, right? I don't know what it looks like in West Virginia, but here in Minnesota, my hometown is going back four days a week, actually. So that's pretty exciting. But when I talk to these kids, I want you all to be looking at what your schedule looks like for the day. So let's say you're going back to school, right? I want you to look at the lunch menu. Are you going to eat lunch at school? Are you going to like what the lunch is at school? Do you think that that will be enough food for you, right? That's one thing to look into. Next, we're going to look into what type of practice are you having? Are you in the weight room? Are you in an actual practice? Are you on the field? Is it a game or a tournament? We got to prep for that. How long is it? How long is your practice? Are you going to a tournament? Are you just weightlifting? How long are you going to weightlift for? Um, Just different stuff like that. Then you want to look at, did I eat a good dinner? Or am I about to eat a good dinner, right? So what we eat the night before is going to impact our performance the next day, whether that be 
um, in the weight room, on the field, whatever it may be, what you ate for dinner is going to carry over. So you want to make sure that you're being very, very well-rounded with nutrition. And what I mean by that is making sure your plates are full of protein, antioxidants with color. So what I mean by that is fruits or vegetables, and then some carbs. So we really want to make sure that you guys are providing enough energy for yourself the night before to carry you into the morning where you're going to have another good snack. So really thinking ahead, making a plan for your feeling. That's going to set you up for success. So if you think about it, let's say you you have a double header. You have two games. You are going to get to lunch. You didn't like lunch, but you didn't pack anything. Now you're running on fumes by the time you get to the field. So really, really a key player. And that's so important. I think that it goes overlooked as well as is, is thinking ahead. I know I have uh, two uh, athletes in our family. Uh, uh, my son is a swimmer and my daughter's uh, playing uh, D2 college soccer this year. And, you know, and I always tell them to plan ahead of what you're trying to do. And, and funny in telling them over and over and over again, you know, for the last 10 12 years um mm-hmm. it's actually carried over into my life i now plan my snacks i plan uh make sure that i have things in the house that you know whether it's some string cheese or whether it's peanut butter mm-hmm. crackers or yogurt or you know things along yeah. that line so i think it's so important to really think ahead of of how your day is going to go and what you have planned and 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 plan accordingly to that all right mm-hmm. so what what's your yeah. next step for us my next one is the sooner you refuel, the sooner you begin to recover. So scientifically, we know that the sooner we get food in our body, the sooner we start to initiate those rebuilding processes. So when you recover, I want you to make sure that you're refueling with a carbohydrate and a protein. So carbohydrate is going to be anything like crackers. It can be fresh fruit or dried fruit. Um, if you want to go home and have a meal, that can look like you know rice, pasta, bread, whole grains, quinoa, beans, all sorts of different things. Um, but the sooner we start that, the sooner we get something into our body, the sooner our body, the sooner our body has the fuel it needs to begin the processes that need to happen. So we know that, you know, when we have a meal within 60 minutes of finishing our game, that anabolic window, we're not depleting our stores any further. So the anabolic window is kind of a sketchy topic. Um, people are going to go back and forth with it. But from most of the research, it looks like if you set yourself up for success, you're going to be eating within 60 minutes of finishing your game or your practice or your training. And that's going to decrease your need for recovery time, decrease your soreness. Um, It will also help you sleep a little bit better at night. So just different things. There's no disadvantage to eating right after you finish a game. And I think what's important too, and maybe you might be able to elaborate a little bit more on this is everybody's different in how they process food. Um, I know, I know my daughter is not a big eater after matches. She said it just Mm -hmm. doesn't feel comfortable for her to do that immediately after. So we've adopted where, you know, she always has a chocolate milk ready, um, which is, you know, you get that carbohydrates, you get that protein in there. And then after Mm -hmm. a while, you know, you know, maybe 45 minutes, then she's ready for something, but at least you're doing something to help the recovery process correct right and that's the strategy so you know people go both ways where they finish an activity and they're starving or they finish an activity and they're so they feel so full that they couldn't eat so they have a little bit of nausea super super normal i say both 50 50 so the process of what that looks like for somebody who feels nauseous after their game is exactly what your daughter does so just refueling with you know a protein shake uh 
chocolate milk is an excellent, excellent source. That's typically what I recommend my kids have anyways. And then we follow that up with a meal once we get those hunger cues. So one of my big things, too, is just making sure that, you know, we are athletes and we do need to be on an eating schedule. But I need all athletes to be honoring those hunger cues, meaning if you're hungry, you need to eat. And if you're full, you don't need to finish your plate. Right. So just listening to your body. And it's important, too, because, you know, as an athlete, you owe it to your body to do the things that you need to do to recover. And that is nutrition mm-hmm. and, and resupplying. But at the same time, like you said, listening uh, to the, those hunger cues is, you know, I mean, you don't want to have to, you know, down a meal just because you have to down a meal, you know, figure out what's uh, what's best for you and how it works in and how you can, uh, you know, benefit the uh, benefit your performance. And, you know, of course, it's always something that you can talk to a registered dietitian nutritionist about. And, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, I think a lot of people are starting to, to look into that, which is great. I mean, I'm a, mm-hmm. I'm a big believer of the registered dietitians and being able to have <laughs> access to them and have access to the advice and, and the expertise that they bring along. Same way as, um, you know, the same way about strength and conditioning coaches and, you know, how they prevent, how help you prevent injuries and uh, so that you're available more often to your coach and be able to play and uh, stuff like that. So what, what, what's your next tip for us? So my next one is don't ever under, underestimate eight plus hours of sleep and the effect it has on your performance. So typically I recommend between seven and nine hours of sleep for my athletes. But let's say you're coming off a two-a-days or you're in a preseason and you're training super, super hard or you've got a tournament, you're going to need closer to nine, maybe even more hours of sleep. So we often overlook rest. And as type A athletes, which I would say most of us are, we kind of go, 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 go. So that means we're training six days a week, seven days a week, even five days a week. But we have to remember that rest and sleep is a part of the recovery process that we need. Um, like I said, the longer and the harder your practice is, the more sleep you need. So it's going to prevent injuries. It's going to make sure that you're not fatigued while you're performing. And it's really just going to make sure that your mental clarity is all there while you're on the field. And and you bring up such a great point there talking about your mental clarity. We had a, a sleep performance specialist on not too, too long ago. And and, and she had an, uh, a blog post that she put out there, which I, I never, I mean, I knew it, but I never realized it until she said it the way that she did. And she said that those, that sleep is actually an opportunity for your brain to reorganize itself, get rid of the garbage it doesn't need, and then refocus and reorganize everything that you've experienced that day and put it in the proper place. I, I, I just, yeah. I was, I was blown away. My mind was blown when she put it in those terms that it's, you know, it's almost like a disc defrag of your computer, right. you know, get rid yes, of that stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Uh, next tip you have for us. I, I think I like this one. <laughs> so my next one is ask for help. So you are not required to know everything. There's experts like myself and other registered dietitians out there. And don't be afraid to ask. So if you're afraid to ask for help, ask your parents or ask your coach or ask a teammate. Somebody's going to be there to help you, whether it's a registered dietitian or whether that coach or that parent is the person who's reaching out to the dietitian. So what I mean by that is I have athletes who come and see me and their parents will reach out to me instead and they'll say, you know, so-and-so wanted to see you, but they were intimidated. They didn't think they could reach out to you on Instagram or they didn't want to send you an email, you know, the whole shebang. But that's what we want. We became dietitians for, for so many reasons. So me personally, I became a dietitian to help athletes and help uh, young individuals 
stop underfueling and improve their performance. So like I said, I was an elite athlete performing through high school and I had an eating disorder that I struggled with for seven years and I had nobody who was there to consciously kind of give me, you know, those cues and that uh, counseling and that help that I needed. And it really, really stunted my performance. So I became a dietitian so I can help and combat that from help from happening in any other, any other athlete. Um, and as far as, you know, the experts, we go to school for six plus years, then we do 1200 hours of training before we can even take our exam and start off on our own. So we're here to help you. We're resources. And, you know, my best athletes are the ones who ask for help. And that means like they come to me the first time and they ask for help and say, this is X, Y, Z, what I'm struggling with. I give them a plan of attack. And if they can't execute something or if they have questions about how to execute it, they ask for help again. Nobody's ever, ever going to be mad at you or turn you away for asking for help. We love it. That's why we're here. Yeah, extremely important to ask for help. And going along the same lines of that, can you talk to us just a little bit? You know, I... I, I look at the the internet is such a I think the internet is such a wonderful thing it could be such a mm-hmm. horrible thing at times and but you know with mm-hmm. anything you get the good and you get the bad and you hope the good outweighs the bad but I'll be mm-hmm. honest there's a lot of garbage nutritional stuff mm-hmm. out on social media can you talk to us a little bit about that about you know for athletes navigating that kind of thing and maybe what they should mm-hmm. kind of look for yeah, I would love to. This is one of my favorite topics. So kind of navigating who the expert is. If you're looking for nutrition advice, you need to look for somebody with a title of registered dietitian nutritionist or RDN or LD or LDN. So that means registered dietitian nutritionist or licensed dietitian or licensed dietitian nutritionist. So if you see anybody out there, whoever just claims they're a nutritionist, Usually that means that they, well, I guess they don't necessarily know their individual education background, but you can claim to be a nutritionist with absolutely no education whatsoever. So like I said, I myself have gone to school for six years, did 1,200 hours of supervised practice, passed a licensure exam, and then became a dietitian. So um, really just seeking out your experts in your field, and you can ask credentials. So if you find somebody who you think is an excellent resource and they haven't promoted themselves as a dietitian or they promote themselves as a nutritionist, you are more, more than, it's more than appropriate to ask for their credentials and ask for their schooling background. And that is a way for you to ensure that you're getting the correct advice. Because I'll be honest with you, um, you know, I scour Twitter constantly looking for mm-hmm. new people to have on our podcast. And that's why I reached out to you. Um, you know, I was following you there for a little while and, you know, saw a lot of the information <laughs> that you were providing, saw the the company that you have. And that's the reason why we yeah. wanted to have you on the show. Um, and. I think if folks can, you know, take the time to kind of look through, you know, someone's profile and, um, you know, I find a lot of people and, you know, this is not to say that, that, you know, supplements or anything like that are always a bad thing. But, you know, if you see someone that's promoting a supplement constantly on, you know, as a quote unquote nutritionist and stuff and not really providing a a ton of other value, uh, you know, you know, that's Mm kind of one of the, one of the red flags for me, at least for, for somebody. Right. I agree. And you just really, you know, it's so important that we are, getting our information from an educated source and and you know and that may even be a dietitian with experience working with sports nutrition so dietitians we are incredibly incredibly educated 
but that sports nutrition piece is really, you know, an extra step, an extra opportunity that sports dietitians themselves have sought out or that, you know, unpaid volunteer hours that they've taken to learn and hone in on their skills. So I completed about 600 supervised hours in just the field of sports nutrition. And then I went off and I got my master's degree. And as of February, 2021, I'll be starting my international Olympic committee diploma program. So again, Wonderful. you know, those are just kind of, <laughs> it's, I'm a lifer. I told you, <laughs> but it's just something that gives those, you want to, you want to know that who you're talking to truly is the expert and has had those experiences that they can bring to the table and make sure that your being provided with absolutely every opportunity to improve your skills as an athlete. And, you know, just doing your homework in, in regards to that kind of stuff. Cause I know, I mean, I've got some, you know, registered dietitians who are, who differ on a, a few things. Uh, you know, one thing they're like, yeah, I'm, I'm all for this. And another registered, I know I'm <laughs> completely, you know, and everybody's got their opinions based upon the experiences right. that they've experienced and stuff. But, but I think the key for a lot of people is just making sure that you're doing the homework on wherever you're getting. And that goes for outside of nutrition, whether, you know, whether it's politics, mm-hmm. whether it's business, you know, no matter what it is, you know, do the homework, do your homework to find out, uh, you know, the best sources uh, to find your, your information from. All right, let's right. go ahead. Let's go. You, oh, go ahead. Sorry, I was going to say, and you have the opportunity too to kind of shop around. So you can ask dietitians, you know, what's your philosophy or what's your reasoning behind this? And if you don't agree with it and that doesn't align with your personal feelings or beliefs, you have the ability to kind of shop around and find a new dietitian that you feel like aligns with yourself better too. Yep, I agree. I agree. All right, let's go ahead on to the next tip you got for us. All right, so next tip, eat frequently. So my athletes, I typically recommend that they're eating every two to three hours. But again, I want to be sure that you guys are honoring your hunger cues. Um, So if we're, let's say we're in season, we're trying to maintain our weight and improve our performance. That is our simple fueling goals. Out of season is where we look at improving uh, body composition. So that can be bulk, that can be cut, um, kind of just changing what we're doing and changing how our body looks so we can be better athletes when the season comes. But like I said, I want these athletes who I'm recommending to be eating every two to three hours, listen to your hunger cues. Because if you're too full to eat within two to three hours, don't push yourself to do so. Come in at hour four, check in with how you're feeling. Can you have a light snack or something? And that goes the other way, too. If you're starving after one hour of finishing a meal, honor that. Go have a snack because you should never be starving and you should never be sickly full. So, again, I'm a big, big believer in those hunger cues and listening to your body because as we age, I I see that a lot of adults have lost those hunger cues and that ability to listen to their body. And we kind of rehab that back in so they can make themselves aware of what their body's trying to tell them. And I think the great point that you make there when you say eat frequently is there is no one set thing to to eat frequently, you know, whether that's something light, you know, whether that's something more than light, you know, whether it's a, Mm -hmm. you know, full meal or whatever. Uh, And and the key is listening, listening to those hunger cues. That's great. All right. I think we got time for one more tip. Go ahead and make it a real good one. All right. Don't overthink it. Nutrition doesn't have to be hard. You guys don't have to have extravagant plates or beautiful meals. And you guys certainly don't have to be removing foods you love. So I'm a big advocate for if it serves serves a purpose in your diet, such as bringing you joy, there's a reason to keep that in your diet. So my personal belief is we never remove anything. All foods fit. But, you know, really, really 
honor yourself and make sure that, you know, we don't need to have these big, beautiful, extravagant plates like we're eating at a restaurant. And nutrition is so simple. And that can look like, you know, a hamburger where you guys have the burger as a protein, the bun as the carb. You can slap some cheese on there for fat. And then you can have sweet potato fries or you guys can have a side of quinoa, right? It doesn't have to look like chicken breast and broccoli and rice every day. So uh, dietitians really help you guys kind of come up with creative meals and give you different examples of how you can still have those foods you love and also improve your performance as athletes. That's a big thing that I've learned over the years in, in getting older. Uh, I turned 50 years old uh, next year and you know, my diet has changed dramatically. Uh, so, you know, we kind of, we kind of substitute. I love bread. I love bread. I, I, I shouldn't have it. Um, but at the same time, I've, I found ways around to be able to, to do things and, you know, make, make, make some sacrifices so that I can have that joy that you talk about, you know, whether I have, right. uh, um, you know, I, I, I don't, I shouldn't eat bread, but I found a bread that, you know, really cooperates with me. Uh, you know, I have a pumpernickel rye bread. And that just, it, it just works so well with me. So I'm satisfying that bread need that I have, but at the same time, it's not doing the damage to me that, you know, a white bread would do to me. Uh, exactly. You, you know, exactly. that type of thing. And, and, I, and I, and I think a lot of athletes really need to understand that, you know, they don't have to give up uh, birthday cake. They don't have to right. give up, uh, you know, it just, you watch your, watch your portion size, uh, you know, the frequency that you're, you know, having it, you can't be on a steady mm -hmm. diet of birthday cake, um, mm -hmm. you know, that kind of thing. I, I, I think that's a, that's a wonderful, wonderful point um, that you bring yeah. up. Um, before we uh, wrap things up here, um, why don't you go ahead and tell us, like I told, like I told you earlier, I said, I think you're a wonderful follow on Twitter. Um, and where can people find you on social media and talk to us a little bit about your website too. Yeah. So you can find me on Twitter at, at dugout dietitian. Then you can find me on Instagram as the dot dugout dot dietitian. Then I have my website. So my website is www.elevateperformancenutrition.org. And that's just kind of for my personal business. So like you said, I run and I own um, Elevate Performance Nutrition where I do some sports nutrition consulting in my hometown. I have a physical office out here, but you guys can find some blog posts. I think I'm working on one right now with some discount codes to like tart cherry juice, for example just kind of some of my things that I use as a staple in my diet. So explore around there. Let me know if you have feedback, if you like it, if you, whatever you think about it, I'd love to hear. Wonderful. And if anybody has any questions about anything that we talked about today, or even things that we didn't get a chance to discuss, uh, they can reach out to you, correct? Absolutely. Please. I love to talk nutrition. So any questions, shoot them my way. Wonderful. All right. Well, Kennedy, I certainly appreciate you uh, taking time out of your schedule to talk with us today all about uh, nutrition for our youth soccer players. We certainly appreciate it. I appreciate it. It was so fun being on. And thank you for listening to the West Virginia Soccer Association Beyond the Pitch podcast here on the West Virginia Soccer Association Digital Network. Now that you've heard our show, make sure you give our podcast a five-star rating and follow us wherever you get your podcasts. We'll be back next Thursday with another episode, so we hope to see you next week. Take care.